It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome into another episode of On the Clock. I am your host, Brett Whitefield, and today I am joined by Mr. Tom Brawley of FantasyPoints.com. He is one of our co-founders. He is the betting expert at the site. Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks for uh, having me on here. I've enjoyed the series. You've been crushing it with these daily podcasts. I feel like, uh, I guess I'm like one of the last guests. Does that make me uh, an honored guest uh, to kind of wrap up this series? (laughs) You're an honored guest for more than one reason, Tom, for sure. But yeah, I mean, we're what less than what we 36 hours out, yeah. less than 36 hours out from the draft from round one. So I figured it'd be a good time to have you on to talk betting. You also will join us on the live stream. We'll have um, for those listening. If you want to watch the live stream, it's going to be fantastic. It's be me and Scott Barrett with producer Thomas Thursday night and Friday night, giving you you know, wall-to-wall coverage of the draft. And Tom's going to be guest one on Thursday night. We'll be touching up on all of the the betting options there as you head into the round. So I'm the first and the last. uh, You know, the the last on the podcast, first on the – Hitting all the uh, the the big notes here, so I'm I'm looking forward to that. That's what that's going to be on the fantasy fantasy points uh, YouTube stream uh, live stream, I guess. Yep, yep. Fantasy points YouTube account. It will be live streamed there. All right, Tom. Let's jump right into it. So, first thing I want to pick your brain about is what in the hell is Vegas thinking, allowing Reddit to move lines the way that what what, what happened yesterday? That this was like I need a I need an overview of this, a breakdown of what actually happened. Yeah, here. there was just a poster on Reddit yesterday that uh, said that he knows Will Levis and has information that he'll be going, he'll be selected number one overall by the Carolina Panthers, and these markets. They, you know, they set limits. Uh, they're not taking massive bets, but anytime uh, significant be- significant bets start to come in, they're going to move the market. They're they're not you know they're they're just kind of like us. They don't have necessarily inside information. They don't have connections with the teams to to know exactly because this is different from you know they can run numbers uh, during the season and they have an idea of you know what a spread should be, what a player prop should be. But this is the NFL draft. Betting on the NFL draft is more of an information game than anything else. So um, they don't know for sure if that maybe that guy does have connections. Maybe he does have some sort of information. So they're going to follow the money. And they certainly did. He was 50 to one to be the first overall pick uh, before the uh, the Reddit post yesterday. And now um, looking at FanDuel right now, he's the second favorite at six to one behind Bryce Young. Bryce Young is still the overwhelming favorite at minus 1,000. He was, I think he was out to minus 2,000 at some point uh, in the last couple of days before the Levis leak on Reddit came out yesterday. So um, I... Yeah, Levis got it to as high as four to one. Yeah. To be the first overall pick, which is wild to see that. Like you said, 40 to 50 to one on most sites Mm -hmm. when we woke up yesterday. And then... You know, within a couple hours, things uh, dramatically shifted there. So, I have a theory that that guy, the leaker there, is a disgruntled Panthers employee. Yeah, who's like, 
I want Will Levis. I'm willing this to happen, and I'm just going to post this on Reddit. Maybe it's David Tepper. Maybe it's one of his like uh, sons or something, yeah. or, you know, a, a grandson or <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I mean that that's crazy. So I mean obviously Vegas is still favoring Bryce Young pretty heavily to be the number one overall pick. So I think maybe that that's still safe. Um, are you taking any bait on the Levis thing or no? No, I I have not. Um, he's he's fascinating. He's kind of a wild card at the top of this draft. I mean, um, he could go anywhere from number two, and maybe he even falls down into the to, to the mid uh, first round at some point. He's kind of a uh, him and CJ Stroud. All these the remaining quarterbacks, uh, they could really go anywhere. Uh, I mean, Adam, Adam Schefter said you know last week that he would not be surprised if quarterbacks don't go two three, and uh, I, I would be surprised, but. Uh, Levis is now the uh, you know plus three hundred to go number two overall. Tyree Wilson's plus one twenty five. Will Anderson's plus three hundred. So this draft, um, there's just a lot of information out there, and there's not a lot of certainty. Uh, it feels like we've had a better idea what was going to happen in recent years. This is this is kind of as wide open as I can remember. Tom, I I've been working on so my. One and only predictive mock comes out today okay. on fantasypoints.com. This is the the mock that we enter into the huddle report contest. So it's kind of a big deal. I've I started writing it at 6 a.m. after my workout, and I've thrown it away seven different times and started over. It this is the craziest year. I, I'm a very confident individual and I am not confident in any like you you you'll start to get in a groove. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, cool. This makes sense. I could see this playing out. And then all of a sudden you hit a pick, you're like, well, what the frick? I can't. That doesn't make any sense. Like how? So then you go back and redo the whole thing, or then you realize you forgot Peter Skaronsky, or you forgot Nolan Smith, and you're just like throw your hands up in the air. Like I don't, I don't know what's happening. This is this is just insane. Yeah, I don't envy people that are trying to. I, I don't personally do a mock. I mean, I have, you know, I, I I have a general idea of where I think players could go, and uh, if you're betting on the NFL draft, I think you you should have at least a, a rough outline of what you think could happen and what yeah. might happen, and uh, but I don't envy anybody that's doing mock drafts right now. But I guess it op- opens up some opportunities, maybe for betting more long shots, maybe you know betting things that are you know a little less uncertain than in past years. So uh, like one bet I, I I put out there and it's gotten some steam this you know, the, over the last week, but I got it at twenty to one uh, posted on the site was the Patriot Patriots to draft a quarterback. Uh, feels like there yeah. is some smoke there that. Uh, Bill Belichick and Mac Jones are, aren't on the same page. There was an athletic report a couple of weeks ago, pro football talk got, you know, Mike Florio got a little bit of, uh, you know, not heat, but he got some blowback for reporting that the Patriots shopped Mac Jones, but it seems like there is some validity there. And we all know that the Texans and Nick Casario have connections uh, yeah. with uh with new england bobby slowick was on that 49er staff that was looking very hard at both trey lance and mac jones so i would not be stunned if something like you know the patriots moving up to number two and drop you know sending mac jones the 14th pick maybe maybe a three round three or round four pick and probably need a three this year and a second next year too I exactly think. But, so yeah. and that kind of it, it's it seems like the Texans aren't very interested in these remaining quarterbacks. So I don't think they want to run it back with Davis Mills. They collect more picks for next year's draft. Uh, you know, you they already have the additional pick from the Cleveland Browns. 
if they trade back, that gives them three picks to potentially, you know, do some moving around next year and next year's draft, which, uh, which will feature Caleb Williams. So do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. But when I bet it at 20 to one, I, I thought those odds were great. It has been bet down. Um, I was seeing like nine to one yesterday. I haven't seen the most recent uh, bet, but I still think that's that's worth a, a small little bet there uh, for something crazy to happen. Oh yeah, I I, I have I own the same bet twenty to yes, one. Nice. Patriots take the QB. I mocked them Will Levis in the staff mock that we did. Tom. Okay. Um, I you know I I think there's some there's enough smoke there. I mean, you already mentioned Mac Jones and the the Bobby Sloat connection. Well, what about Trey Lance and the Bobby Sloat connection? Yep. There's smoke there as well i mean listen would it shock me if the texans decided you know what we'd rather go with a jones or a lance and still and allows them to still play for next year too yeah if he's if mac jones and trey lance uh, you know continue to struggle or whatever maybe they maybe they break out and you know you found your guy but it still gives them that leeway to you know turn back to next year's draft and uh see what happens there cost of acquisition is what i'm looking at here so like the cost to acquire Jones or Lance is going to be significantly cheaper than drafting a quarterback at second overall. And so, you know, you throw a dart. If, if he plays well this year, cool. We might not need a quarterback mm-hmm. next year, but we have the ammo if we do need one. So it kind of works it, out. It, but. it seems like they they kind of, they would love to get Bijan. There's been a lot of talk with them. Uh, just absolutely loving him that, you know, they, they can move back. It seems like they want to get one of these defenders too. It's D'Amico Ryans. He wants to get an edge defender. Uh, or yeah. maybe defensive line, you know, one of these defenders there, if you're picking at 12 and 14, you have a chance to take that approach, uh, maybe get D- uh, Bijan at 12 and uh, take like a Lucas Van Ness, or uh, maybe if Nolan Smith, I don't think Nolan Smith's going to fall, but you know, maybe if he's still around there in the middle. I'm sorry. Round, I think he is gonna fall, you do think he's going to fall? By the way. Yes. Okay. Cause I have I a think- top 10 on <laughs> him. I, I hope not. I've got it plus 175. It's been bet down to, I think he's about plus 100 now so i so the problem with nolan is his really only two outs are atlanta and philly yes. barring crazy trade, trades yeah. happening um i'm by i'm buying into the Bijan to atlanta okay. smoke and then in my perfect world of trades i think the eagles make a move for carter I don't think they'll stand pat at 10 and get him, but I do think maybe they move up and get him. Okay. Yeah, I, was, so, I was more in the camp. I yeah. thought Atlanta might go with defense. I, I feel like they're tr- really trying to build up that defense this offseason and some of their moves kind of signal yeah. that. And they have a, you know, essentially a rookie quarterback here. Um, yep. I don't know. I, 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 I could see them going Bijan, though. I mean, Arthur Smith comes from that Tennessee background and having that dominant running back, but. I could see them trying to piece together running backs for another year. Yeah, and Arthur just likes to chase unicorns in general, yeah. right? Like AJ Brown, Derrick Henry, both kind of unicornish type players. They got Kyle Pitts, yep. Drake London. Now they had be like, I don't know. It's not a perfect mock yeah, by Nolan any Smith, means. Yeah, but Smith. I mean, uh, if you go the other direction, he's he's certainly a unicorn. I mean, he's you know yeah. it's what six two two thirty eight, and he ran that blazing forty, you know four three nine at the at the combine and. Uh, I've heard some people tested like a cornerback. What's that? But he plays. He tested like a cornerback, mm-hmm. but he plays defensive end. So, yep. yeah, he's certainly. No, I hear you, man. I hear you. I'm ha- I'm tr- I'm struggling yeah, that, with Nolan. He's one that's what makes this draft I, unique. I, I mean, that, you can you could draw a hundred different directions that the Falcons could go. I mean, you know, maybe they beef up that offensive line even more. Do they go defensive line? Uh, you know, the cornerback is certainly still a need for them. I know they did the trade with your Detroit Lions, but they could certainly still go cornerback. So. 
That's what yep. makes this why you've been tearing up your mock drafts today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, Tom, why don't you tell us, I know you, you know, you're deep into the betting markets uh, as far as the draft goes. Why don't you like any running back, mar- what's the running back market looking like? Any bets you're liking? What about receiver? Yeah. Uh, the one dra- uh, the, the prop that's been very, there's two tra- uh, props that have been very interesting to me this week is the, uh, over under one and a half running backs selected. It's been getting hammered this week ever since Todd McShay released an uh, insider article on ESPN saying that a lot of teams were asking about Jameer Gibbs. So he thinks that Gibbs could go in the first round now. And we know that the running back position has been devalued by the league, but it makes some sense. There's been a lot of talk out there. I know uh, Bean from the Bills and some other GMs have been out there saying, ah, we only have 17 first round uh, grades for players. So it would make sense that maybe a team at the back half of the first round is more willing to make a move for Jameer Gibbs, who they think could be, you know, the Alvin Kamara comp has been out there quite a bit and uh, God, it could be a difference maker for them. And uh, the Bengals are certainly a team that seems like they could be in the market for a running back with Joe Mixon and his issues and, uh, maybe a team trades back into the back end of the first round to take a player like Gibbs. So I thought that market was pretty fascinating. You could you could have bet over one and a half just a couple of weeks ago and gotten a nice plus price. And uh, the last I saw was like minus two fifteen here on Wednesday before before Ooh. the draft. So it's uh, it's been bet heavily. And the other one is the quarterbacks over uh, four and a half in the first round. I, I, I know you were one of the first to have Hendon Hooker in the first yep. round uh, of your mock draft of uh, I don't know which version of that. Maybe it was your 2.0 or uh, you. Yeah, I think it was 2.0. I was the first. You were the first. Um, you, you saw it coming. Yeah. So now that is, yeah. uh, that's getting really blown out. Um, uh, let's see here. It's minus 275 now that a quarter, uh, five quarterbacks go in the first round. So you could get that plus 198 under. Uh, I might do that. What's that? The under? I might hit the under. Yeah. I, I, as much as I like Hendon, there's enough red flags there to think a team a teams will pass on. I'm him. totally with you. That's I've been writing that in my article. I've been I've been kind of scared off from it. There's a seems to be a lot of smoke there that one of these teams could pick him. Um, but you, you're right. There's you know he's an older prospect. I, I have it in my article. He's uh, seven months older than Jalen Hurts. Uh, yeah. Just got a second quarter uh, contract from the Eagles. Uh, Played in kind of a gimmicky offense with Tennessee. Um, you know, yeah. it's coming off an ACL injury. You know, it took him a while to break. You know, he had to go from Virginia Tech to Tennessee to really, you know, break out. So there's a lot of red flags there. But it, but as we were saying, there, there's not a whole lot of first-round guys. So maybe this, you know, mm. makes it more palatable for some of these teams to maybe take a little bit of a, a – a risk and draft a Jameer Gibbs or a Hending Hooker at the end of the first round. Yeah, th- those that's a great point. The the lack of, I mean, to be honest, Tom, like every year, I think most teams are somewhere between like seventeen and twenty three ish first okay. round grades. This year is obviously the light side of that. I have twenty two first round grades, but I give positional value bumps to receivers, corners, and quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think that's skewing my numbers a little bit, but ultimately you combine that with the fact that like this receiver group isn't great at the top, like the sweet spot for receivers, second, early third round. If you need a receiver, that's where a lot, all these guys are very similar in the, in skill and, and develop skill sets. So 
unless you get JSN at the, you know, somewhere in the teens or, or early tens, there's not a whole lot of value to like splurging on a Zay Flowers or a Quinton Johnson in the first round. There just isn't. Mm-hmm. So I, those two things combined, what, if we only get three receivers in the first round, well, you're opening the door. Like the last few years, we've had six, seven receivers go in the know. first round. Last so now year, we're was, everybody was moving up, jockeying to get into the right position to to draft a wide receiver. Yeah. I, I thought it was I, – I, uh, I'm a Steelers fan, so I follow them, you know, probably a little closer than most teams. And I, I thought it was fascinating. They're, they're the best or one of the best at drafting these day two and day three wide receivers. And I thought, yep. I found it very interesting that they would go out and trade for an Allen Robinson who's looked washed the last two years. I, I thought that said something about maybe the overall quality of the wide receiver depth this year that, uh, they, they don't think that maybe they can find that guy in the, uh, you know, round three and later this year. So let's go out and get an Allen Robinson to be kind of an insurance plan. If Calvin Austin uh, is hurt or doesn't develop again in his second season, we have this backup plan for uh, the slot. Yeah, that definitely, that is a really interesting point. It also is interesting. Like there's not a lot of guys that do what Robinson does in this draft specifically. Yes like that possession contested catch type guy, bigger body, bigger frame, play strength. Not a lot of those guys. So that I, I think it speaks to how limited the draft class is from that standpoint, but also like maybe a, a change of philosophy there. Like they have George Pickens, mm-hmm. Deontay Johnson's, you know, is he is a smaller guy, but he plays primarily on the outside. Like not only primarily, like nobody plays on the outside more than Deontay Johnson does. Like his percentage of snaps, it's, it's insane. So like, what are they going to do with it? Like, is Robinson just a big slot I now? So. Is like, is Pickens going to play? You think so? Yeah, I think so. I, I they, you know, were using Chase Claypool as kind of that bigger slot receiver last year, and uh, yeah, the major problem for them last year was Kenny Pickett. You know, they couldn't score in the red zone. They couldn't convert when they got down near the red zone. So I think, I think bringing Allen Robinson was in kind of a move to let's get a bigger body in the slot here, uh, help us out with some of our red zone woes and. Uh, give him one of those bigger yeah. options down near the goal line. So, uh, but I do, I do see them probably primarily using him out of the slot, and um, maybe you know we'll we'll see. Maybe it's kind of matchup dependent. Maybe uh, you know Calvin Austin is like the completely opposite type of receiver than uh, he's on the smaller side. Yeah. I know he's been getting some like Tank Dell. Uh, you know he's on the smaller side in this year's class, and Calvin Austin was kind of that guy uh, uh, in last year's class. I liked Calvin Austin every bit as much as people like Tank Dell this year. Uh, I think he was a phenomenal prospect. I was surprised he went where he went, and I think he could be very, very good. So I'm hoping so. Um, it was frustrating that we didn't get to see him at all. Uh, you know, with the foot injury and uh, just just never, never even really got the practice. Or you know, it was a pretty early injury, and then it sounded like he aggravated the injury again and uh, couldn't play and had to get surgery, but. Uh, interested to see where he goes and yeah, we'll see where tank Dell goes. Uh, Cause what Austin was a fourth round pick last year. So we'll yeah. see where, uh, you know, a guy like tank Dell falls this year. Yep. Yeah. I, I had a day two grade on Austin last year and I have a, a late day two grade on um, tank Dell yeah, this yeah. year. <laughs> it just slipped my mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm officially in brain mode. So right, how about this wide receiver market? Any interesting, Bet sticking out to you? Yeah, I I did hit one. I I did like Jordan Addison, Addison under twenty three and a half. Um, just there's a lot of there are some wide receiver needy teams right in that range. 
Um, he's got a connection with uh, Chris Beatty with the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Um, he was the guy that recruited him to Maryland initially. Then Beatty moved on to Pittsburgh. Um, you know, dug up a, an article from 2020 when Addison was uh, breaking out with Pitt, and you know, Beatty and Addison are you know just basically best friend. Like he's a father figure for him, and he of course went on to the Los Angeles Chargers last year and. Uh, Addison moved to USC as a matter of fact, right in the, uh, right in the neighborhood. So I'm sure they stayed in touch last year. So, and we know the chargers are kind of looking for a wide receiver or tight end help. So we got an out there. We got the Ravens are in that same range at 22. Uh, we got the Vikings, Vikings at 23. So, um, I took a little roll of the dice there. I, I am scared overall though. It seems like this wide receiver class overall has been, as you said, losing some steam here. Although I'm looking at the numbers this morning, uh, the over three and a half has been getting bet up today. It's uh, minus 138. Uh, it was kind of basically a pick them here earlier this week. So maybe there is some late momentum for some of these wide receivers to be drafted in the first round. Is there any day two props? No, we, we probably really won't see those until, uh, until Friday. Uh, n- nothing quite like yeah. that. Um, yeah, I I do believe I I don't have the book in front of me. I'm trying to think which book was, but there was there are some books that have like second uh, you know running back selected, you know second tight end, third tight end. Yeah. Uh, so those are kind of day two picks, but the only one that's really um, you know the after the day one of the draft is the Stetson Bennett stuff. Um, every uh, Fanduel has. I'm a, not touching it. What's that? I'm not touching. No, it. that's that. Uh, I think the favorite is for him to go undrafted. <laughs> so yeah, plus one, hey, maybe plus one hundred from to go undrafted. Um, you know, plus three hundred seventh round, plus three fifty sixth round. So uh, I think there was some initial buzz that maybe he could be an early day three pick, but uh, yeah, he's another one of these older yeah. prospects that I think there's some red, uh, you know, off the field red flags. He's Big time off the field yeah, stuff. Yeah, so that's why. I'm not like the most well-connected guy in the world, but I do have some you know, team people I talk to. So, and the consistent theme for all of them has been, yeah, no thanks. Yeah, no thanks. Not, not worth the yeah. uh, the pain. So so you were yeah. you would suggest uh, looking at that plus 100 for the undrafted. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. Um, do, we get in, do we have any over-unders on players like deeper into the draft or is it mostly consensus first round mostly guys? consensus first round guys um that i always think about is amon Ra's over under uh it was yeah. like it was like over under 102 and i made i bet the under like this is by far the easiest bet i've ever made in my entire and life over, and then he went he? like one under one seven what did he yeah. when did he end up going like 106 or 107 okay. something like that maybe 114 i know it was like a few picks after his over under and i was like i can't even Are they watching the same player this. i am <laughs> right exactly um and then look what happened look yeah, what happened he blew up. you were right the entire time um yep. yeah there's there's not a whole lot I'll, I'll i'll say this in general about the nfl draft props uh this year books have really scaled back what they've yeah. been offering they've been absolutely clobbered the last few years um it's a promotional thing they 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 you know they set the limits you're not going to get uh you know five figures down on these bets anyway but um they've just absolutely been get clobbered by them so they've been really limiting the rollout here um 
So the, the markets aren't nearly as robust as they have been in years past. And of course, this is the most difficult draft to probably uh, predict, as you were saying yep. about your mock drafts. So uh, it's it's a, a tough combination for the draft props this year. Absolutely. All right. Before we go, Tom, give me one more thing. And I would like to know, as a Steelers oh, fan, boy. how are you feeling about that pick at 17? Because originally I was hot on Darnell Wright. Like that is obviously their guy. He breathes. He literally bleeds Steelers colors. But now I think he's going to go earlier in 17. So I have no idea what to do there. I'm holding out hope. I'm holding out hope. I'm with you. That was kind of the guy I had circled at the beginning of the process. Uh, His over and under, I saw this morning, uh, is at 15 and a half in the the money is towards the over here. Uh, So there is... That gave me a little bit of hope that he could still be around at 17. I think they would jump on that immediately. Um, yeah. Uh, you know what's crazy, though, Tom? His, I'm pretty sure he's like the, the second – he has the second highest odds to be the first offensive lineman off the board. And I think he's the favorite to be the second of offensive lineman off the board right now. At least he was some at some point this week. So I think the – the, the book's a little incongruent there with the over-under and the favorite to be first or second offensive lineman. So there might be an edge to bet there, actually. But um, Yeah, he's been getting a lot of yeah. steam here. Um, you know, Broderick Jones is the, kind of the one guy that's fallen a little bit here. I see he's plus 1,600 to be the first lineman drafted. Uh, Wright has it has definitely passed him here. He's 8-1. to one. Uh, I did give out a Broderick Jones over 13.5, and, a half and um, I got that at a good price last week and feeling a lot better about that after the, uh, uh, after the New York jets traded from 13 to 15, that certainly, uh, has helped that bet. But yeah, I'm looking how ideally the Steelers take Darnell, right. Kind of solidify that offensive line for Kenny Pickett here. Uh, if not, uh, maybe we can get one of those corner. I would, you know, uh, you know, Joey Porter Jr., uh, close yeah. to my heart. Uh, you know, obviously his dad played for the Steelers, and then he came to play at Penn State, where which is my alma, alma mater. So I, I have a soft spot for uh, Joey yeah. Porter Jr. Uh, Deontay Banks would also be uh, I have no issues with, uh, you know, drafting him out of Maryland. Uh, but I think it's going to be – What do you think – Go ahead. Sorry. What do you think about uh, Brian Brisset? I, I, I'd be cool with that. I – that's definitely, I think, the third priority, though. I, I think they attack offensive tackle. I, I think they, you know, they go either offensive tackle, cornerback with the first pick, kind of flip that uh, with that that first pick in the second round, and then maybe they start to attack defensive line. But uh, I know Anton Harrison is another guy that's been picking up some momentum here. He's now basically yeah. a virtual lock to be drafted in the first round, and uh, the Steelers have been. I think that's. That's this draft class for you. Like Harrison is not a first round player to yeah. me, but when you're limited on first round grades, you you end up at the back. When you're at the back of the first round, you're just going to take you know premium positions. Yeah. That's that's what ends up happening. Harrison at 17 would be way too soon. Yeah, though, that's I my think. feeling too. That's what if if those top four offensive linemen are off the board, then I think you go pivot to one of these cornerbacks. Uh, if it's Joey Porter Jr. or uh, Deontay Banks. I think they should be able to get one of those three guys in that range. Uh, even if Darnell Wright would go earlier, I think, you know, pivoting to Broderick Jones is uh, fine by me. He'd seem, it seems like he'll be a bit of a project, but um, yeah, I, I, I think they should be able to get one of their picks, their uh, offensive tackle or cornerback. Right. Um, if Porter Jr. is on the board and so is Darnell Wright, what direction do they go? <laughs> 
I think they go Darnell Wright. I think that would, uh, you know, maybe disappoint mm. some of the Yinzers in Pittsburgh, but I think they go offensive tackle. I think they, you know, you draft a, a quarterback first overall, uh, 20th overall first round uh, last year. You, you got to continue to build around him and uh, get that offensive tackle. You know, offensive line has been kind of an issue spot for them the last few years. It, I think it played better as the season went along last year. They certainly had a lot of injury luck. They, I think they were the only team that had the same combination of the starting five all year long, all year long. So, but you got to continue to build, build that offensive line up. And yeah, I, if it was me, I, I hope they go Darnell, right? Get that offensive lineman. Right on. All right. That is going to do it for us. Tom, thank you so much for joining the show. You guys can catch him on Twitter. What is your handle on Twitter, Tom? At uh, Tom Brawley, I believe. <laughs> it's either that or at T Brawley. I think it's at Tom Brawley. So B-R-O-L-L-E-Y. Yeah, Tom's a content machine. He's got a ton of good stuff on the site. I know his Best Bets Futures article just dropped yesterday. Yeah, I've been updating Today? them all. I've been updating okay. them for the last month. So I'll, I'll probably... Uh, this is Wednesday here, so I'll go. I'll go through the draft props one more time here. I'll do one final update for you know all of my you know my best bets articles and see if there's anything still out there that I like. Uh, you know, this is a, an evolving market, so maybe something will pop up here in the last minute. But yeah, uh, check out the site, and awesome. there's uh, plenty of articles up there for you. Awesome, good stuff. Thank you, Tom. We will see you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.